Um, I need to give a disclaimer before I tell you this story. The disclaimer is this, I'm a really good dad. So what you are about to hear, what you are about to hear should not change what you think of me as a father. Deal? Because I promise, I promise, Becky's not at this service, but I made sure she agreed with that. I'm a good dad. But here's what, it is. Here, here's what tends to happen in my household quite a bit. Dads, I have no doubt you relate to this as well. So we've got three kids, ages seven, four, and now three, and we are now in a point in our family dynamic where Becky is allowing me to take on more responsibilities as a father to the point that she thinks I can handle all three on my own sometimes. And especially during the busy season, Christmas, chaos, like Becky and I's schedules, we're, we're trying to divide and conquer. She's going to get these things done, and so I'll take this, and then I'll meet up and grab the kids so she can finish up. And so we're kind of doing that whole kid shuffle thing right now. And this happened not too long ago, and it's not the first time this has happened, that I said, you go ahead, I'll get the kids and meet up with you. Good dad. Remember, we started that way, didn't we? So I get all the kids, I get them dressed, I get them in the van, and that is an ordeal in and of itself. And finally get everybody in there, we head on out, we meet Becky with where we were meeting, and, and all the kids start filing out of the car, and she gives me a look of like, hmm. I said, we did good, I did good. She says, you did okay. I said, no, 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 I did more than okay. And she looks, she's like, where's Colin's shoes? And I said, Maybe at home, but she's got socks on, but they're different kinds of socks. Like they don't match at all. I said, but she's wearing socks. It's cold. She needs socks on. So at least I got the socks. She says, yeah, where's the kids coats? I said, probably in the closet, but, but they're at least all dressed and they all have clothes on. She said, we'll talk about what we say is clothes because what they're wearing doesn't match at all. So you see these two different perspectives, right? And I finally said something as she was critiquing my parenting at this point. I looked at all the kids and I finally looked at Becky and I said, look, they're all here. I didn't forget any of them. <laughs> to me, that's winning. To me, that's A plus father right there. I didn't lose a child, right? To my wife, that's like D minus as, yeah, you didn't lose a kid, but she's not wearing shoes, and they don't have coats, and the list goes on and on and on, right? If we're not careful, we think we've got it all together, but in reality, we're actually missing quite a bit. This Christmas is, we talked about that last week, and if you weren't here last week, let me catch you up. What is this Christmas for you? I'll tell you very personally, Becky and I have been talking about this. It feels like this Christmas might be like missing something, right? Because we do all of these things and we try to get all these things done, but is it possible that this Christmas is missing something? Talked a lot about what Christmas could be for you. This Christmas is, maybe for you, joyful and exciting and thrilling and full of fun, family, friends. Maybe it's on the other extreme where this Christmas is difficult. This Christmas is trying this Christmas is heartbreaking. This Christmas is worrisome, anxious. Maybe this Christmas is different. Maybe this is a Christmas of first in a good way or a bad way. This Christmas is, but for today, maybe this Christmas is missing something. Because if we're not careful, what we will tend to do is spend the next week and a half, a little less than that, getting everything perfect. 
We want everything to be perfectly wrapped. And as you can tell, I did not wrap this, by the way. I'll give you one guess on who did. And yes, she did. She did a great job. But everything about this present is wrapped perfectly in the paper and the bow and the perfect edges. I mean, everything is perfect. And if we're not careful the next week and a half, this is what we will strive for. We've got a little time left, so let's make sure that everything is perfect and everything looks perfect and it's the perfect gift and it's the perfect wrapping for each and every one of those gifts and the perfect time spent with all of our perfect family members and the perfect dinner for the perfect Christmas Eve and all these perfect things. And if we're not careful, we will do all of that and forget to put something inside. You got this great gift that looks awesome, but it's absolutely useless and pointless and worthless if you don't have anything inside of it. Because I think, and this is kind of interesting, I could be wrong on this, this is Brian's opinion, not scripture here. Christmas is one of the only holidays that we create a season out of, don't we? Like it's not just a day, not just like the weekend, it's you have a Christmas season. And I think we do that maybe, just maybe, we feel like that Christmas season, if we can make it longer, we have more chances to make something perfect, something that was imperfect. Well, I just need a little bit more time, and Christmas will just fix things. Oh, it's the Christmas season. You know how things get magnified during Christmas? Oh, if you got engaged in, like, June, congratulations. Oh, if you got engaged during Christmas season, oh, it's perfect. So much better. Hint, hint for any of you guys out there. Somehow it's better. I was one of those. <laughs> if you lose your job, say in February, bummer. Oh, you lose your job in the Christmas season. Oh man, it seems worse, doesn't it? Christmas magnifies things. So I think we hope that this Christmas season, if we stretch it long enough, we can have something perfect and it'll just fix things. But once again, something will happen on December 26th. Christmas will be over. If we're not careful, we'll have a bunch of empty boxes. So my hope for you, my prayer for you, is that if you are missing something this Christmas, if you would fill in the blank saying this Christmas is missing something right now, instead of focusing on the perfect wrapping and the perfect dinners and everything coming together, let's focus on what we think might be missing. Because you can have everything this Christmas season has to offer. Right? You can do all the right things and send all the right cards and play the part really, really well but you can still be missing the most important thing that you actually need. Don't just have a Christmas that looks great but has nothing in it, the empty box. So if we can recognize that and if we're willing to admit either yes, something's missing or at least give into the possibility of yes, something might be missing, we need to pause long enough to actually see am I missing Colin's shoes? Usually we miss things because we're in a hurry, so let's pause at least long enough for the next 20 minutes to see if we are missing something and if so, how do we find it? Because that's what we do. As soon as we recognize something is missing, we go on a hunt for it. We go on a search for it. If I go to Chick-fil-A and order 12-count chicken nuggets and I only get 11, I can tell you I'm going to go search for that last one. I'm going to go back up to the counter and say, I'm missing one. They'll say, my pleasure, and hand me a whole other box. And I'm like, praise Jesus. <laughs> Life is back to, way, to the way it should be. If we're missing something, we will search for it. So let's do the same thing in our spiritual lives. If we recognize we're missing something, let's be willing to go and find it and search for it and figure that out. And that's what we're going to do together this morning. 
So we're gonna be looking at the wise men's story and not just their story, more specifically, their journey. So to help with that, I need you to write something down for me. If you've got a worship guide, scrap piece of paper, grab something, a pen or something at your seat, or just maybe put this in your phone. I need you, or there's gonna be two, two to three parts to this. First part, I just need you to draw a line. One big, long, horizontal, horizontal line. From one page all the way to the other page. One long line. And as we read through the story of the wise men or the magi, I want you to just kind of visualize their spiritual journey of searching for Jesus and finding Jesus and then what they do after they find Jesus. It's one big, long spiritual journey. And we're going to start to see that their search, their journey, finding Jesus is very, very similar to our spiritual journey as well. We're all in different places. We'll talk about that. But think through it as their journey, and then we'll start to look at our journey along the way. Here's their story. Matthew chapter 2, again, thinking through it kind of in that timeline. What was their journey like in looking for, searching, and finding Jesus? Here's the story. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, this is important, they asked questions, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was super happy and thrilled, overjoyed that there was some other people looking for this other king. He was happy. No, what's the word? He was disturbed. And look at this. King Herod was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he heard this, he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, all the religious leaders. Herod called him and said, where is this Messiah to be born? They answered him, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So understand what's happening here real quick. These men, magi, wise men, from the east, long journey show up and start asking questions. Where's the king? And people, I'm sure, answer, well, you know, King Herod, he's over this area. No, 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 not that king, the king. There's a new king that was just born. We're here to worship the king, not that king. You can see why that didn't go over very well for King Herod and all the other people in Jerusalem. So they created some pretty big problems when King Herod realized this, news travels fast, he got all the religious leaders together and says, what is happening? Who is this new king that these guys are looking for? They were very quick to answer, well, yeah, the Messiah, he's to be born in Bethlehem. They knew all about the prophecy. They knew all about, as they've been waiting for the Messiah. Here's what Herod does next, verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go. Make careful search. There's part of their journey. Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. We learn quite a bit about the Magi, the wise men, just in those few verses. First of all, there's not necessarily three. Could be, could not be, we don't know. But what we do know is where they came from, the far east from that area and that timeline or that time frame, most likely that was Babylon, Persia area. So they traveled a long distance, and just by what happens next, we can understand quite a bit about who these men were. As soon as they showed up, they started asking questions, and those questions caused a lot of problems. In other words, if they were nobodies walking into town asking people questions, nobody would care. 
But the fact that not just all of Jerusalem cared, but even King Herod started to care, that tells us so much that these men were of great importance. When they strolled into town, they weren't just some other tourists visiting. When they strolled into town, the town stopped. These were men of power, of influence, of great wealth, of status, of reputation. So when these men showed up and started asking, where's the king? Where's the king? People listened. People stopped. News traveled to Herod quickly. You don't get a secret meeting with the king unless you're someone of great importance. So everything that we might chalk up on paper to explain and describe who these wise men, these magi were, it seemed like they would have had everything. But even those with everything, they're still searching for something. So here's what happens next. You probably know the rest of the story. After Herod sent them to Bethlehem, so they could, he could find Jesus. Verse 9 says, After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped. Keyword there, we're going to come back to it. Till it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were, say it with me, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, not Frankenstein as my kids think, gold, frankincense, very different, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. These men, as we said, had everything. The wealth, you can't just leave your country, your job, your everything, and travel for months and months and months and months just to go see another king, unless you're have wealth and status and reputation. You can't show up in another country in another town and start demanding things and have, another, have a secret meeting with the king unless you are of importance, of reputation and influence and power. So all those things that we might say, oh, we want this, we're going to try to obtain that, these men had. On paper, they had everything, yet they were still searching for something. They would say something is still missing. And recognizing these men that had everything but still sensed that they were missing something, they went on a journey to find it. Their whole story, the story of the wise men, is nothing more than a story of searching. It's a journey, starting from the far east, seeing a star, recognizing it's this Messiah, this king to be born, to getting to Jerusalem and looking and finding and asking questions, and we're here, but where is he? To making their way to the house and finally seeing him. It is their spiritual journey. And what I want you to see is your spiritual journey and how it lines up with them. So you've got that long line, that horizontal line I had you do. I want you to go back and here's the next part to it. I want you to plot where you think you currently are in your spiritual journey. We're all in different places. That's okay. This is not a right or wrong, pass or fail. Where would you plot yourself? Just as the wise men started on one end, traveled to find Jesus and asking questions and then they finally found him and then, then they responded through bowing down and worshiping. Where do you see yourself in your spiritual journey? Somewhere at the beginning, somewhere towards the middle, somewhere towards the other side, somewhere in between, where would you plot yourself? So like draw a daughter, maybe if you're really artistic, a stick figure, something to say, here's where I think I am. And we're gonna walk through the wise men's journey and see how that lines up with you and see if you can identify where you're at. So we'll use chairs to kind of help walk through seats that the wise men would have sat in throughout their journey. So from the very beginning, they recognized something was missing, missing and they had been looking for it. They knew the prophecies, and when the star came out, they said, ooh, there it is, that's the sign. 
They didn't know what exactly that meant and where he exactly was, so they just said, we'll follow the star. So they started searching. If you remember back in the story, it said they came from the east, they came to Jerusalem, and then they started asking questions. Where is the one that has been born king of the Jews? So important if you find yourself in that early stage of your faith walk, your spiritual journey, keep asking questions. One of the greatest things the wise men did was, where is he? Where is he? Have you seen him? We know he's here somewhere. Do you know where he's at? Do you know where he's at? How can we find him? Where is he? Asking questions. In this beginning and early stage of your walk to find Jesus and in your faith search journey, it's the asking questions, but you could sum it up in this way. Search relentlessly, but intentionally. Search relentlessly. It was a long journey from the east to Jerusalem. It was not an easy journey. It took months and months and months and months and months. It took a long time. It was a hard journey. And even when they showed up to Jerusalem, they still weren't at the end of this journey. They were relentless in their journey. They would not stop. They would not quit. But they also were very intentional in their search. There's two ways that you could search for something, randomly and intentionally. Randomly is, I will just look everywhere. The wise men didn't look everywhere. They looked in the right places. They didn't look in every place. They looked in the right place. They didn't stop at every town along the way. Is Jesus here? Nope. Okay. How about now? Is Jesus in here? Nope. This isn't Jesus playing hide and seek with you. He's not trying to make it difficult. He is exactly where he should be, and he's saying, come and find me. I'm right here. So if you find yourself searching, let me say two things. Keep searching and be relentless in that search. Ask questions. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. But look in the right places. So often we just, well, I've been looking everywhere for Jesus. I've been looking everywhere for this faith thing. Man, we're not told to look everywhere. We're to look in the right place. He's not hiding. You showing up here, this is a really good start. This is a great place to start. Instead of just opening your Bible up, it's like, okay, Lord, speak to me. And you open your Bible up to like Lamentations. Not very helpful, probably. <laughs> Be intentional. Can I suggest reading through the book of Luke? Start there. Be intentional in your search. Ask intentional questions. Don't just, oh, I've just been looking everywhere. I can't find what I'm looking for. You might be looking in the wrong places. And if you're looking in the wrong places, you're not going to find what you're looking for. You know what's really sad about this story? Let me just show, share this with you, too, about the relentless part. So the wise men are looking for Jesus. King Herod calls in his religious leaders and says, what's going on? Where's this king supposed to be? Everybody knew where the Messiah was to be born. They said very quickly, Bethlehem. What's interesting and a little heartbreaking is when the Magi were called in to meet with King Herod and Herod said, why don't you go to Bethlehem? Herod pointed them in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. We don't have any account of anybody going with the Magi to Bethlehem. No one. People knew, yeah, yeah, if, if the Messiah is born, he's going to be in Bethlehem. The Magi in this part are the only ones that went to see Jesus. Do you know how far Jerusalem, where all these people were that were all up in, up in a frenzy. Jerusalem and Bethlehem were only five and a half miles apart. That's it. Wasn't like, a, yeah, man, it's another like three days journey or it's going to take you a while. It's across the country. No, it's, yeah, it's down the road. And Herod and all the religious leaders said, you go ahead and go. We're going to stay in Jerusalem. Can I tell you, if you're here searching, you are probably so much closer than you think. Go the couple extra miles. 
Don't stop short. Search relentlessly, but with intentionality. So maybe that's you. Second part of their journey, I had you say the word, it said that they followed the star once they met with Herod. They followed the star until the star stopped. And remember the word, once it stopped over the house, it said they were, what was it? Remember? Overjoyed. They were filled with joy. They stopped when the star stopped. They were filled with joy because they had found Jesus. I'm going to have you do something with me. It's going to sound cheesy and a little obvious, but there's a point to it, I promise. I want you to search for something together with us. You don't have to get out of your seat. You're not going to go anywhere. But right there at your seat, I want you to find one of these three items, just one of them. A phone, a driver's license, keys. Can you do that? Can you do that? If you don't have any of those things, then look for a pin. I hear they're really close by. See if you can find something. Got it? Driver's license, phone, keys, or pen, if you're lame and don't have anything else with you. No, that's okay. You travel light. There's nothing wrong with that. You get it? Once you get it, let me see. You got it. Here's what's kind of cool, right? Some of you are like, overachiever. I got all of them. (laughs) I asked for one of the three. My goodness. We know this message is for you. Those of you that brought multiple things up, this one is especially for you. (laughs) That whole perfect thing doesn't have to be for you. Anyway, we'll let the Holy Spirit convict you later. Here's what's what's interesting. You did something without me telling you, but you did something that I did tell you. So I told you to find something. As soon as you found it, everybody in the room did something I didn't tell you. You stopped, right? Obvious. I found my phone, so I'm going to stop looking for my phone. I found my keys, so I'm going to stop looking for my keys. I found my driver's license, so I'm going to stop looking for my driver's I found the pen, so I'm going to stop looking for the pen. I'm going to state the obvious that when you find what you were looking for, you stop looking. Right? Makes sense. That's exactly what the wise men did. It says, when the star stopped, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child. They bowed down and worshipped him and then presented him with gifts. That makes sense. Once you find what you're looking for, stop looking. No one's going to argue with me on that. However, in our spiritual journey, we do the opposite often. Here's what I mean by that. We search relentlessly and intentionally, and then we find Jesus. And now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I found Jesus. And, but is that it? Especially when we first find Jesus, it feels like it might be incomplete. And we begin to say phrases like Jesus and. Yeah, 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 I found Jesus and I need all this. We might say, well, I found Jesus, but I still need all of these things. This Christmas, yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, yada, 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 I know that, but I still have to do, do you see where I'm going with this? Jesus and, Jesus, but. In other words, Jesus is not enough. Once you find what you're looking for, stop looking. He's enough. Can I just say, let that sink in? When you have found Jesus, stop looking because he is enough. When the wise men found Jesus, they did nothing but bow down, worship him, and give him gifts. It wasn't, oh, Jesus, we're so glad we found you. Now let's talk through what needs to happen next. Jesus, we're so glad we found you. Can we talk about our different countries? And I'm really interested on your take on these things. 
Jesus, it's great that we found you, but man, we need to get reimbursed. This was a long trip. <laughs> there was no Jesus and. It was Jesus, period. It was just Jesus. So maybe you marked on your, your journey that you found Jesus, but are you still looking for other things? I've got Jesus, but I'm still trying to accomplish these things. I found Jesus, but I'm still searching for these things. I found Jesus, but, or Jesus, and. Let me tell you, man, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross is enough. It's enough. You don't have to earn anything else. You don't have to achieve anything else. You don't have to do anything else. His sacrifice is enough for all of eternity. That's what saves us. Jesus' works, his miracles, his life, how he talked with people, how he acted towards people, how he lived is enough for us to model our lives after. We don't need anything else. Now, sure, that sounds great preaching, but Brian, that's not very practical. Man, I would argue, I think it is. For eternity, we just need his sacrifice, and for our time on earth, we just need to follow his life. That's it. Because you know what you find when you find Jesus? Peace and hope and joy and love. I'm not saying those things magically appear. It's in the journey. We still have choices. Jesus is enough. So if you found him, stop looking. Third part. The wise men searched relentlessly and very intentionally. When they found Jesus, they stopped. They stopped and just worshipped. They bowed down. They worshipped him and then they gave him gifts. Here's the last part. Let me read verse 12 again. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. See, now there's a dilemma. So maybe you marked it. You're on kind of this side of your spiritual journey. Now the, the wise men have a dilemma. Go back with me towards the beginning of their journey when they were still searching for Jesus. King Herod, don't miss the word king there. King Herod gave them a direct command, gave them instructions. He said, go to Bethlehem. King Herod told the wise men this, go to Bethlehem. When you find this new king, Messiah, come back and tell me so I can go worship him too. You remember that whole dialogue and scene? So here they are through this part of their journey. And now they're like, well, we were told to go back to visit with King Herod. But now we're told by God to not go to King Herod. There is a conflict of the kings in this part of their faith journey. There's a conflict of the kings. In other words, who do we listen to? King Herod told us we need to go to him, but God told us to not and to go home a different way. Which king do we listen to? Which king do we follow? Which king will we give our, loyal and our loyalty and allegiance to? There's a question that I, I, and I know this every single time I ask it because I always get in trouble for it, but there's a question I can ask my family that totally starts World War III every single time. It's like just throwing a grenade in the room and then just watch what happens. I'll get all the kids together, especially around the Christmas season. We do this quite a bit. We'll do like movie nights, PJ movie nights and different things. And so I'll walk into the room and say, hey, kids, all three of them all together. What movie do you want to watch? <laughs> and man, they just lied into it. Connor has his list and Cole has the opposite list of that. It's Santa Claus 1, Santa Claus 2. Nobody cares about Santa Claus 3, but it's Santa Claus 1 versus Santa Claus 2. And then Collins is over here, says the same thing every time. Frozen, Frozen, Anna Elsa. <laughs> Constantly. 
So I've got three kids all like fighting over what are we going to watch? And so then again, remember, I told you at the very beginning, I'm a really good dad. So what I do, just like all good dads do, is we, pro- we try to play this problem solver. We come and say, okay, we can find something we all like. Collins, you're out. We're not doing Frozen ever, ever, ever again. Let it go. You're welcome. <laughs> so we try to figure out what can we all handle? What can we watch? I'll say, okay, Connor, you get to watch the, you get to pick tonight. Cole, you get to pick tomorrow. Connor, you get to pick the next night. Cole, you get to pick the next night. We try to do that. We try to compromise, don't we? And let me tell you, that is great in your family. It is terrible in following Jesus. Terrible when you're trying to follow Jesus. Because nowhere in here, again, we have a conflict of the kings. You have Herod saying, come back to me, and you have God saying, don't go to Herod. The wise men weren't looking for a compromise. Well, I guess we could go to Herod this time. Next time, God will do what you say. You know what, God? Okay, let's do the no Herod thing, but maybe we send him a letter. Like, can we do that? That's kind of, that sounds like a good middle ground. We're technically not there. We're following you, but how can we make this work out? What do you do? You will come to a place in your spiritual journey where you will have a conflict of the kings because everything wants to be that throne, hold that throne in your life. Everything and everyone is trying to be in that throne. The wise men came looking for the king, and they found him. They left with him being their king. Please understand the difference. We would all agree. I'm going to assume Jesus is the reason for the season. We talked about it, and he is the king. But is he your king? Is he your king? Because we listen to our king. We follow our king. I obey my king. Not any king. So if you marked yourself somewhere in this place in your spiritual journey, know that it is a daily, moment by moment, every morning decision to say Jesus is not just the king, he's my king. Whatever he says, I do. Wherever he directs, I go. Whatever he says, I listen to. Jesus is not just the king, but he is my king king. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They listened to their king, not just any old king. So where do you find yourself? Last thing I want you to write down. You should have a horizontal line. You should have where you plotted. Can you just write down one, two, or three? And I'm not trying to oversimplify your spiritual journey, but I think it's important you recognize where you're at. Are you in seat one Man, I'm just searching. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out that, that I'm, I'm missing. Keep searching. Relentlessly, but with intentionality. Ask questions. Don't stop. You're closer than you think. Write down number two if you're somewhere in the middle of, I found Jesus. Like, I believe in him, and he's in my heart. I, I get that whole thing, but I'm not sure if he's enough. Is he enough? Because I feel like I still need, like, other things, and, and I'm trying to have this perfect Christmas, and yeah, 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 Jesus is part of it, Man, stop making Jesus an accessory to Christmas. He's enough. He's enough. Write down number three if you're on this side of your spiritual journey where you wake up every day saying, he's not just the king, he's my king. Then you need to start asking yourself some real hard questions. What other kings are trying to take his throne? What other kings are working their way into your life? What other kings have you started to listen to instead of your true king, He's not just the king, he's your king. Jesus, later on in his ministry, 
He tells us this, and I think it's very applicable for this morning and especially through the Christmas season. For the pagans, these are Jesus' words, for the pagans run after all of these things. Read before that and you'll figure out what all these things are, but you can guess. You run after all of these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So here's what we do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, and all these things will work out. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. might not look like that. But seek first him. So let me give you permission, and we're going to pray. Let me give you permission to stop chasing things. Man, just stop chasing things. Stop chasing this elusive, false hope, perfect Christmas. It's going to look like this, but it's going to feel pretty useless and worthless when you open it. So have, have a recognition of where you are in your spiritual journey. Like I said, wherever you are is where you need to be. Don't stay there, though. Keep moving forward. This Christmas, find Jesus and let him be enough. It's exactly what the wise men did. They traveled far to find him. And when they found him, they stopped. If you found Jesus, you have permission to stop looking. He's with you already. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. So my hope is you'll recognize where you're at on your spiritual journey. Keep taking those next steps. Search intentionally and relentlessly. Once you find him, stop looking. But at some point, he's going to have to not just be the king, but your king. Let's pray. If you close your eyes, let me just give you a few things to think through between you and the Lord. First, would you honestly have a conversation over the next couple seconds of, Jesus, here's where I am. Jesus, I'm, I'm kind of new and beginning this whole thing, and I'm searching, and it seems like it's hard to find you. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you point me in the right direction? Would you put people around me to help me find you? Maybe you're in seat number two and you're saying, Jesus, I found you and thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for the life that I have because of you. But Jesus, remind me that you're enough. That everything else that I think I still need, I, I don't. You've radically changed my life. And yes, my... My life is constantly a work in progress and I still have a lot of growing and a lot of working to do. I have choices that are still in my, in my responsibility, but Jesus, the search is over at this point. Remind me that you're enough. If you're in seat number three, it's Jesus. You are not just the king, but you are my king. I will do what you say. I will listen as you speak. I will go where you call. I will do as you say. I bow down, worship, and give you my life because you are my king. Help me to remember that every single day, every single moment, with every single decision, through the high times, low times, and everywhere in between. You are my king. Jesus, thank you so much for this incredible journey that we get to walk on. But help us to not walk through it by ourselves. Help us to remember that we have great people that you have put in our lives around us. Help us to walk this journey faithfully, constantly taking those next steps, fully believing that you are with us along the way. Jesus, thank you for the story and the journey of the wise men. We relate so much to their search. As they had joy when they found you, may we have that same joy this Christmas, recognizing what might be missing has been there all along. In Jesus' name, amen.